Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. So from the New Testament, while we're not under the Mosaic law and the legalistic requirements of the Sabbath, we are free from that. It is clear that Sunday, the first day of the week, was a special day to the early church. And the early church fathers onwards honored the first day of the week, Sunday, as that special day. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. In the fourth commandment, God tells us to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Did you know that this is the only commandment not specifically repeated in the New Testament? So does this mean it no longer applies? Today on The Verdict, we're gaining a better understanding of the blessing of the Sabbath. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with today's lesson titled, A Day of Rest. We're presently studying the Ten Commandments, and one way or another, we're all likely familiar with the Ten Commandments. We're learning that these are commandments, not suggestions, and they come from God. They are a reflection of the moral character of God. The Fourth Commandment deals with the Sabbath, which is to be kept holy. But what does this mean? Does this commandment merely reflect the ceremonial laws of the people of Israel, or is there an abiding principle for us today? Followers of Jesus no longer observe Saturday as a special day, but Sunday, the day of resurrection. For these reasons, the fourth commandment is probably the most controversial. But I find this commandment both intriguing and instructive. So let's listen to the message as we consider the fourth commandment as a day of rest. The fourth commandment regarding the keeping of the Sabbath is probably the most controversial and, at least from our perspective, probably the most difficult of the Ten Commandments. It is the only commandment not specifically repeated in the New Testament. Uh, So does that mean that we can ignore this commandment? Did the fourth commandment merely relate to the ceremonial law of the people of Israel, or is there an abiding and a continuing principle applicable to us today? When I was growing up, Sunday in our home was very different from the other six days. As well as going to church on Sunday morning and evening, my brothers and I were taught that Sunday was a day of worship, a day of rest, a day for the family. It certainly wasn't a day for working or a day for playing. We were not allowed to do any schoolwork on Sunday. That was not a hardship at all. We welcomed that. And uh, we could only read certain books termed Sunday books, missionary biographies and the like. If ever we ran out of reading material uh, on Sunday, uh, we were told that there were 66 books in a particular book called the Bible uh, that we could read and study. And once we had mastered them, to let our parents know. When I was about 10 years old, I was asked by the uh, soccer club of the city, the professional club uh, where I was staying, to be part of what was called the Lads Club. It was a special uh, team for young boys showing particular talent in soccer, and it was a real honor uh, to be asked to be involved in the Lads Club. But there was a problem, a very big problem. Uh, They practiced on Sunday. I remember telling my dad about this wonderful opportunity with the Lads Club and also explaining in all honesty to him uh, that practice was on Sunday. I'll never forget his reply. Too bad you won't be able to play. That was it. And that was the end of the subject. Christian boys 
didn't play soccer or any other game on the Lord's Day, at least in that environment. I've often looked back on that, and this week as I was preparing for the subject, I thought of my father's response, and perhaps someone would say, well, were you traumatized by that event? Not at all. At 10-year-old, my God was a soccer ball. That was the most important thing in my life. I was not a follower of Jesus Christ. I was not saved by God's grace. Of course, I was brought up in a Christian home, but for some reason, I had not placed my trust in Jesus Christ. The most important thing in my life and my ambition was to kick a football or a soccer ball, as you wrongly call it. (laughs) And my dad really was teaching me a very valuable lesson that in our home, and I trust in your life, John, life is not going to revolve around a soccer ball. There is something, someone far more important, and for this home, our priority is Jesus Christ. Now, whatever you think about that, today, Sunday is very different. Rather than being a holy day, Sunday now for many people is a holiday, a day for staying in bed longer than usual, a day for reading the newspapers, for going out for breakfast, for having a game of golf, for watching the ball game, for shopping, mowing the yard, washing the car, going to the lake or the beach, or basically for doing anything that you want. Time magazine asked Bill Gates, the richest man in the world, about religion and God's existence. Gates said, I don't have any evidence of that, referring to the existence of God. And just in terms of allocation of time resources, religion is not very efficient. There's a lot more I could be doing on a Sunday morning. Apparently, many people agree, including many people who profess the name of Jesus Christ. Far better things to be doing on Sunday than worshiping God. Well, what are we to make of the fourth commandment? Uh, We must take the teaching of Scripture seriously, but we need to interpret Scripture and apply Scripture correctly. Uh, We don't want to impose a false, legalistic, burdensome, oppressive interpretation that is not accurate. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus 20, where we're going to read the fourth commandment. Interestingly, it is the longest of all of the commandments. We're going to deal, first of all, with the text of the Scripture, what did it mean in its original setting, and then think of the more difficult question of its application, if any, for us today. Exodus 20 then, verse 8, here is the fourth commandment. I realize that in some traditions, they, this would be the third commandment, but most scholars are agreed, and I certainly agree that this is the fourth and not the third commandment. Exodus 20 then, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." First, we learn then that the Sabbath was to be kept holy, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, while you and I look very differently at the Sabbath, I want you to understand this, that as originally given, the Sabbath was a gracious blessing of God. 
It was something to be welcomed. It was an evidence of God's grace. The Sabbath was to be kept holy. One day in seven was to be different. One day in seven was to be set apart. There was to be a break from the normal routine of life. It was to be, verse 10, a Sabbath of the Lord your God. That seventh day belonged to God. You say, don't all days belong to God? Yes, they do, of course. That sounds very pious. That sounds super spiritual. But in reality, we know that with the busyness of life, that may not be the case. And so God gave to ancient Israel the seventh day, a weekly reminder that God is our creator, not you. That God, not you, is the sustainer of all things. That life revolves not around you, not your business, not your activities, certainly not your sport, but life revolves around God. The Sabbath then was not given as a burden, but given as a gracious gift by God to his people, a day to delight in, a day to focus on the Lord, a day to reflect on his goodness, to worship the Lord, to enjoy the fellowship of the Lord's people. Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14 speaks of the Sabbath as a delight. Now, there's a strange concept to us, but the Sabbath was a delight. Our Lord Jesus said in the Gospels that the Sabbath was made for man. That is, it was made for the benefit and for the good of man. It's not that man was made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace, calls it day of all the week the best, a blessing from God, given as a gracious gift by God. Now, why was it a gracious gift? Several reasons. On the Sabbath, verse 9, no work was to be done. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Now, we have to say that God wants you to work. There are people who don't like to work. Work is a scary thought to them. But from a biblical standpoint, there is nothing demeaning about work. Quite the contrary. We are never to be afraid of working hard. It is honorable. God wants all of us to work. Paul says in the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Assumption is that the person is healthy, they're able to work, rather than looking to other people to give you money, you are to work hard and maintain yourself and your family. We must glorify God then with our work and with our time. But the aspect of rest is emphasized. Yes, you will work hard, but only for six days. On the seventh day, you shall rest. Now, do you notice in verse 10 that this rest applied to the whole family? It applied even to the stranger staying with the people of Israel. And the rest, how gracious of God, even applied to the animals. There are people who would work their animals seven days a week, never give them a, a rest, a horse, or, or a cow, or a dog, or something else. Work, work, work. And God is saying, no. All of my creation, including the animals, are to have a break. It's not good for them. It's not good for you. Take a break. Animals working in the fields then were to be rested on the Sabbath day in ancient Israel. A gracious provision by God. The Sabbath was to be kept holy. Now, secondly, what are the reasons for the Sabbath? Two reasons are given in Scripture. First of all, creation called for a Sabbath. Verse 11. Why not work seven days? Why rest on one day? Verse 11. 
for in six days. The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Creation calls for the Sabbath. Creation is the reason given for the Sabbath provision. The Sabbath was not man's idea. It was God's idea. God himself rested on the seventh day. So this word Sabbath means to rest. It means to cease. My Hebrew professor at Dallas Seminary, Alan Ross, says that the Sabbath, quote, describes the enjoyment of accomplishment, the celebration of completion. God wasn't tired after his six days of creation. Of course not. This was a rest of delight, a rest of completion. The point is this, that the necessity of rest from work for everyone is an integral part of the creation order. Rest as well as work is important. Now, some people, it is true, never need to be told to be rest. They're naturally lazy. But the basic point is that you work and also you rest. That rest is for our blessing, for our physical and mental and emotional and spiritual well-being. The Sabbath was not just a matter of resting from work. It was resting for the Lord. So first, creation calls for a Sabbath. Now secondly, look over to Deuteronomy chapter 5, where we will see that redemption called for a Sabbath. I think most of you know that the Ten Commandments are found twice in Scripture. First in Exodus 20, where we read, and secondly in Deuteronomy chapter 5, they were restated, repeated, just prior to the people going into the land. Deuteronomy 5, verse 12. Here then is the account in Deuteronomy of the fourth commandment. Observe, Deuteronomy 5, 12. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. It is a command. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you so that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You've got someone who works for you. They need a day off as well as you. Why? Here it is, verse 15. And you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The reasons for the Sabbath, number one, creation calls for a Sabbath. God rested on the seventh day at creation. But secondly, redemption calls for a Sabbath. The Israelites then were to remember the Sabbath not only because of the Sabbath of creation, but because of their miraculous deliverance their miraculous redemption from what? From the slavery of Egypt. Notice the end of verse 15 that I read, therefore the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The therefore refers to remembering that once you were a slave in Egypt. Now when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, was it a 40-hour week? Did they get a day off? You go to the Egyptians and says, well, no work today. Uh, this is my day off. Or wait a minute, I finish at five o'clock and it is now five past five. Absolutely not. They were beaten 
And it was work, 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 work. But now, as the people of God, they are redeemed. They are no longer slaves. And how wonderful to know that however hard you work for six days, there is that seventh day coming when you will not work and no one will tell you to work. You are no longer a slave. Celebrating their freedom by doing what? By keeping the Sabbath. Can you imagine families on that Sabbath when they rested to say how wonderful it is? Do you remember when it was back, when we were back in Egypt? It was work, work, work all the time. And these taskmasters were beating us. They were totally unreasonable. You couldn't even get a coffee break. We tried to slip down to Starbucks, but there they were, working all the time. How wonderful now that we have a whole day not to work. The servants, the slaves were also entitled to this rest. To remind the Israelites that you too were once slaves in Egypt. The poor, the immigrant, are also entitled to rest from working all of the time. Now, the Sabbath was a sign, a special sign of the relationship, the unique relationship between God and Israel, his chosen people. Turn to Exodus chapter 31, where we will see that the Sabbath was a sign of the Mosaic covenant. What was the sign of the Abrahamic covenant? Circumcision. The sign of the Mosaic covenant that we are studying is the Sabbath, Exodus 31, verse 12. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, But as for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death, for whoever does not work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. And when he had finished speaking with him upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written by the finger of God. So the Sabbath was a sign to Israel, a weekly reminder of the special relationship between them and God. They had to keep the Ten Commandments. So the Sabbath was a particular day of rest, of worship, of praise, of celebration, a day set apart to glorify God, a day of rest, a day when they would reflect on the power of God in creation, a day when they would celebrate that God in His grace delivered them from the bondage of Egypt. A reminder, a weekly reminder that God is our creator, that God is our sustainer, that God is our redeemer. So we've seen first, the Sabbath was to be kept holy. Secondly, the reasons for the Sabbath, two reasons, creation and redemption. Thirdly, the benefits of the Sabbath. First of all, the benefit of rest. The concept of rest is central to an understanding of the Sabbath. The word Sabbath, Shabbat, means rest. It means a cessation of activities. 
Exodus 29 and 10 that we read, emphasizes that all work is to be done on six days, but on the Sabbath day, the Sabbath of the Lord your God, you shall not do any work. So the Sabbath, as I say, is a break from the routine, a break from the hard work, the sweat of the six days, a day to catch your breath, as it were, a day to be refreshed, a day to rest, a day particularly to worship God, a day of rest. What a tremendous benefit of having a day of rest. Would you agree with me that in our society, fewer and fewer people know how to be still and to be at rest? Many of us operate under almost constant time pressure. We're deluged by email, cell phones. Who invented the cell phone? I just read the other day of uh, some contraption where if some guy's on the cell phone in the restaurant or wherever it is, or in a meeting, you can neutralize it. And I thought, I want one of these. Wouldn't that be great? Millions of Americans are what? Stressed. They're rushed. They're very, very anxious. The pharmaceutical industry in North America makes billions of dollars by doing what? Producing tranquilizers and sedatives. We as a nation are on a frantic quest for fun and an enjoyment of life. And we're deluged with so many activities that our enjoyment of them, particularly the simple things of life, like a nice meal, like time with our children, like a walk in the park, the enjoyment of that is decreased because of the stress and the pressure that so many people are under. According to Time magazine, only 14% of Americans took a vacation two weeks or longer this summer. Many leave home feeling tired, and they come back feeling absolutely exhausted. That's their vacation. I read that Americans spend more money than any other nation on leisure, yet they are number one in the Western world in not taking vacations. The Sabbath is a reminder to us that work is not our chief end. The world will not collapse. Your business will not collapse. Your office will not collapse when you do not work one day. God is in control. Trust God. If we continue to work without any breaks, we become physically, emotionally, spiritually exhausted. All of us, without exception. I realize we have different energy levels, but every single person here needs to rest. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the start of a message titled The Fourth Commandment a day of rest. We'll conclude this lesson when we come back next time. But in the meantime, we encourage you to visit our website and check out all the special content and additional resources we have available at theverdict.org. As a companion to this series, right now we're offering a printable study guide John has put together to help you follow along and develop a stronger, more personal understanding of God's commandments and their relevance today. This helpful workbook is totally free, and it's easy to download instantly when you visit our website at theverdict.org. And today, we also want to invite you to partner with us in what God is doing through The Verdict by making a donation of any amount. Your support makes it possible to share the truth and power of God's Word with new listeners in your community and around the world, and to continue this gospel ministry throughout the year. You can easily give whatever amount you feel led to by visiting theverdict.org or send a check in the mail to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, 
Charlotte, North Carolina 28226. And if you're near the Charlotte area, consider yourself personally invited to join us any Sunday morning for worship here at Calvary Church, home of The Verdict. You can also join us remotely through our live stream online. Again, visit theverdict.org for more details. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? What do you think? Do you keep the Sabbath? Do you feel you need to? Do you think that Sunday, the Lord's Day, should be approached differently from the rest of the week? I realize some people have to work, but most of us don't work on Sundays. It's good to have one day of the week when we focus on our Lord Jesus. Join me next time as we continue to consider the fourth commandment and whether or not it has significance for followers of Jesus today. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.